Welcome back to Money. And this evening, we're talking investments, we're talking retirement, we're talking financial planning. My guest is Doug Matthews. He's Chief Investment Officer at Marriott Investment Managers. And if you'd like to call, our number is 011-484-0468. It's a good chance for you to actually ask Doug any questions you may have on your mind. Uh, I'm going to now move straight into our emails that we received during the last week. Uh, first email, Doug, is for you. And it is from Lawrence in Wendywood. He says, I'm retiring shortly. How do you feel about me buying government bonds, which will provide me with good income, however the capital could fluctuate? We see massive value, as I mentioned earlier, in South African government bonds. Um, The the real yields on offer, which is your your yield minus inflation, is amongst the highest in the world. you know, from a risk perspective, we've just had a really solid uh, budget. Not to say there isn't mounting fiscal pressures, but um, if you if you uh, invest in government bonds with reasonable maturities, less than 10 years, I think uh, the, the chance of a government default over that period is very, very low. And, and as I mentioned, really, really attractive income yields. You know, the, uh, the 2030 bond maturing in 2030 is yielding, uh, you know, close to 9.6% today. Uh, you're going to struggle to find that type of yield anywhere in the world. Um, and when you consider, as I mentioned earlier, inflation in South Africa is relatively well con- contained relative to, 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 to the rest of the world, even even America. America's inflation is sitting at 6%. Their 10-year bond yield is sitting at 1.5%. So you, what's that, a negative 4.5% real yield? South Africa, we've got inflation lower than what we see in America for the first time in a very long time, 5%. Um, but the, the yield of our 10-year bond is 10%. So you're getting a 5% real, so real yield. So um, I think as an income-producing asset, our South African government bonds uh, are, are, are a very attractive option and should form part of an income-seeking investor's portfolio, especially if you're South African. And just to add to that, within your pension, you pay no tax. I mean, investors who buy government bonds will obviously be taxed on the income. But within your retirement fund, the, the upside, whatever happens within that retirement fund, is no tax. It's only when you start drawing the money out. So if someone's drawing 4 to 5% and they're getting those 9 to 10% yields, although they have fluctuations of government bonds. But if you see it through to maturity, I'd just like to make one other point, is that governments, uh, banks don't bail out governments. You, you spoke about default. It's, it's governments that bail out banks. Okay, let me go to David in Morningside. He says, I have a large retirement annuity, which is worth a few million. I do not want to go on pension, but I would like to take advantage of the one or 500,000 that I'm allowed tax-free at retirement. How do I go about ex- accessing it? Well, the problem with that is you can't. You have to actually retire from your retirement annuity. So what I've suggested to a lot of people is they buy retirement annuities if their taxable income is sufficient, 20 27.5% of your income. You buy a retirement annuity over the next two years, putting in 250,000 rand a year. At the end of that two-year period, you retire. Because you haven't drawn from a retirement annuity, you can get the whole 500,000 rand tax-free. As long as it's less than 247,000, and I repeat, 247,500 with any one fund. So you may have to buy three different funds of somewhere around about 166,000. You won't you won't exceed the 247,500 rule and you'll be able to get all of that out cash free. Doug, Evelyn in Newland says, would you advise that my long-term growth investments should rather be offshore or onshore? Um, you know, once again, uh, she stipulates growth. Uh, we, we certainly have a maximum exposure to, to, to offshore investments um, 
across across our portfolios. Um, we we really see the best um, investment fundamentals outside of South Africa. So the South African economy is is under immense um, pressure. Um, the growth expected in the years ahead is 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 well below. You know what the globe is actually expected is expected to grow over the next three to to four years. Um, and then when you consider the quality of company you can invest in outside of South African borders, you know we certainly we certainly see a, a lot of merit in having a, a very high offshore exposure. I, I, I fully agree with what I said. I mean, you know, you've got a, you've got a global economy, global world companies. And they, and they, you know, people always talk about American companies, U.S. companies. Yeah. They're not. They're global companies. They operate everywhere. The fact that they're listed in those countries. And also, I think you'll also get, you'll get benefit over a 10, 15-year period of some RAND depreciation against the other currencies as well. You know, we've seen RAND depreciation. Right. Yeah. yeah. South Africa only makes up 0.5% of global stock market capitalization. <laughs> well, um, so, so if so, you're really limiting yourself in in terms of of your your opportunity set. If if you're looking in a basket that small, to your points. Charles Imanoni says, "Why do I have no choice under my retirement annuity and pension funds, which I'm told have got to be left to dependents? I have children abroad who occasionally help with. Will they be considered dependents? Well, in terms of what they call Section 37C, even though you may appoint under a retirement fund or your pension fund bene- uh, uh, beneficiaries, the, the, the trustees that have to make the decision and they have to satisfy themselves that all the dependents that you leave are left catered for. And if you help children." abroad they would be dependents there would be a there would be a percentage perhaps of that payment made to them and the balance paid if you have no dependents then obviously you, you have freedom of choice but if you're in a living annuity in other words if you've now retired under a living annuity you can leave the assets to whoever you want it is not subject to section 37c and therefore not subject to uh, any trustees making the decision and deciding for you. Uh, De- uh, Doug, uh, Doug Denver in Herald's Bay says, please could you explain lifestyle investing and do you think it's appropriate? That's a good question. Uh, you know, I, th- I think I understand the question. It's really, you know, it really relates to am I, am I saving for retirement, which, which might be considered a bit of an antiquated concept um, these days, or am I just, am I saving to, to get in a position to replace my lifestyle, whether that be at at 35, 45, 55. I think it's a maybe a, a better way of looking at it. Um, it's really about creating financial freedom and the ability to choose, you know, what to do with your time. And 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 the earlier you you're able to to replace your lifestyle with the income that is produced by your the wealth you've accumulated um, over time, you know, the easier it is to to stop working and and I, sp- I suppose spend more time with your family and and doing the things that you that you're most passionate about. And how do you feel about uh, pension funds that automatically downweight? Uh, they, have, uh, they have these different portfolios. As you get closer to retirement, uh, they downweight your equity exposure to give you, you know, to, to, to protect the capital. However, understanding that so many people will retire, will spend more time in retirement than they will have contributed to a retirement fund. Unfortunately, people withdraw, uh, and you know, they, they don't preserve, and that is a real, real problem. How do you feel about that, Doug? Um, got mixed feelings about it. I, you know, we we've got a, a slightly different approach to it. We we believe that you should you should save in investments that that can produce reliable income. So in, invest in companies that produce reliable, consistent, growing dividends over time. A company like Johnson and Johnson would be a prime example. That company has increased dividends on 50 consecutive occasions. 
Nestle, another example, I think 40 consecutive occasions. Coca-Cola, similar story. Uh, combine that with bonds, save into that portfolio continuously from when you're 25 years old, ideally, and then and reinvest all that income into that that portfolio to accumulate more shares in those great income-producing investments. And then simply at retirement, what you do is you turn on that income stream. You start living off those dividends and interest um, that you earn on the bonds, and then allow allow those investments to to fund your lifestyle. Um, and then you don't have to worry about capital volatility or fluctuations because you're not living off that capital. You're living off the income produced by that capital base. And that's a sure way of guarding against running out of, of, of capital in your retired years. So you're making the point is, as you're getting closer to retirement, have a look at what the portfolio generates in income and let that yeah. be the determining factor rather than the factor being, well, you've got, you can't take too much risk because you're getting close to retirement. That's a great summary, Brian, yeah. uh, and agreed yeah. entirely. Yeah. Howard yeah. in Honeydew says, please explain why a retirement annuity is such a tax-efficient vehicle and a good state, estate planning tool. Well, firstly, whatever you invest in a retirement annuity, firstly, up to 27.5% of your income is tax-deductible. Secondly, all the income and all the growth within that retirement fund is tax-free. There's no capital gains tax. There's no dividends tax. There's no tax on interest, so the build-up. And when you ultimately reach, when you reach retirement and also it does not ever form part of your state so it's a very good planning it's not the only thing it's it's what i call an and retirement duty and all other tip planning uh, particular subject doug let, let's just let, let's just have how do you feel about global markets are you are you getting a little bit nervous i mean we, we're seeing them really running ahead now i mean we had a very good period up to august then we had a bad september an excellent october and even november we've started to see in the first three weeks uh, the markets moving ahead are you feeling comfortable about global markets and therefore our own market um yeah, I have to admit, a little bit uncomfortable at the moment. With, with, but with regards to certain parts of the market, I, I suppose there's we, we see good investment opportunities, but but we certainly see um, you know some risk in in some of the more sick, sick, uh, cyclical speculative investments. Cryptocurrencies, for instance, have have run aggressively. You, you know, your your really cyclical resource type um, in, investments have also rallied aggressively. And this is all corresponding at a time where when the bond market has started to price in significant interest rate increases. Uh, so the two really don't don't, don't add up um, um, and make a, a huge amount of sense to us at the moment. We we would start to to think about being a little bit more defensive, you know, investing in in really rock solid, high quality businesses that are that are that are that are defensive and 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 can withstand more more challenging economic conditions because. I think we've we threw the the best part of this cyclical recovery, um, and then and then um, you know be be selective in terms of what what investments you're investing in for for income. So we see no value in in first world government bonds. Their their, their yields relative to inflation are extremely low. Whereas in South Africa we see great opportunity. This, this uncertainty in the market we feel is presenting investors a great entry point into that particular asset class. So you know unbalanced. Maybe a little bit uncomfortable, but but certainly one is able to put together a, a constructive investment portfolio in this environment if if um, you know if you're sensible about how you go about doing it. Yeah, investors must realise that investing in markets is always long term. There will be volatility, but you just got to see, see it through. Uh, the day you retire may seem a long way off, and most have 
pressing expenses to pay. Now that, so they battle to put sufficient away for what they call the golden years. The reality is that the chances are that you will live a lot longer after retirement and with inflation you'll need more money e every year. Don't keep leaving this exercise for an another day. The sooner you understand what your situation looks like, the sooner you can start making plans. And if you don't believe me, talk to those who've been retired for 10 years or more and ask them how difficult it is to maintain their lifestyle. Doug, I'd like to thank you for joining me this evening. It's important to note that our program tonight is to provide information and should not be construed as advice. Next week's program will be once again focusing on short-term insurance and if you need to get hold of me, my details will appear on the screen. I'd like to thank you for watching and good night.